Hi, hello, hey. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. I hope you are all out there enjoying a blessed day. It's beautiful out. This is Tia. And this is Rose. And we're going to start this off about talking about what, Rose? Uh, teenage motherhood. We got a few topics we're going to try to touch on today. But we're going to start with uh, teenage motherhood. So, in ode to all the moms, because moms are amazing, we figure we would uh, share a small piece of our own testimony as far as having children very early on in life and the um, beautiful things and also some of the ramifications <laughs> of having children young. That is true. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and so for me, um, I think I mentioned on our first podcast, I had my oldest child at 18. Right now he is 18. So we've lived through 18 years of his life clearly together. And I know for me, I had all these hopes and dreams for myself. I wanted to go away for college. I used to think I wanted to be a surgeon. And when he came um, to life and was here in full form, a lot of those decisions changed. I decided at that point that I would not go away for college, even though I did get accepted into Xavier University. But I decided, yeah, that was such a big feat because nobody helped me, you know. <laughs> Being young back in those days, a lot of our parents had not had college education. Therefore, they were unable to provide guidance on how to even apply for college. And no one was there to assist. So thank God for the counselors at our school they did, you know, give us the information that they could, and I was able to get into Xavier. But I also found out before that that I was pregnant, I was going to have a child, and I decided that uh, going somewhere, especially to a whole other state, even though I had two people willing to come with me, uh, the child's father and also one of my really, really good friends, willing to move down there and try to make it work. But um, I chose against that. So anyway, when... Uh, Dejan came along, I decided, like I said, that um, I was not going to go away for college. And I also decided that a lot of things in my head that I had planned on pursuing, that even if I wanted to, I really did not have uh, proper support. Um, I had a mom, I had a grandma, my dad was around, but I did not have proper support. They were there, but they were not um, assisting and caretaking of my child. So I had to work because I had to pay for childcare. And and that was a difficulty in itself sometimes. Childcare is expensive no matter what era you live in. Because <laughs> it was still expensive back then. And so, um, and we're talking about 2001, if you can calculate back. Um, and so, like, that was a difficulty. So I remember getting a job at Sears. That's actually where I met Tia. That's where our friendship began. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a clear path to friendship, though, in the beginning. She threatened me the first time she saw me, but we'll get into that back, another time. Back to the story. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I ended up getting this job at Sears, and at the time, the job was paying $8. And I knew... Eight. Eight bucks. Dollars. Buckaroonies. Oh my eight. god, you remember when they they gave us that raise and went to eight twenty five? Yeah, yeah, twenty five cents. <laughs> I you thought you could tell me nothing. <laughs> and so in having him, and at the time my rent, because I ended up getting my own place, 
was $995 for a one-bedroom apartment. And that's expensive. Imagine how much it is today. Yeah. And mind you, apartment. <laughs> I was only bringing in a little over $600 <laughs> a month in income. Hard <laughs> times, time. man. Hard times. So I was handing over a whole paycheck <laughs> every month so we can make ends meet. But so, yeah, so now we got me doing this $8 an hour job and then um, got my own place. And I knew at that moment that I had to get an even better job because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to afford taking care of him. But in, in going through that, I just realized, I realized that, um, you know, without proper guidance, when you have a child, like there is no blueprint or map for you to go through. And so you end up doing a lot of figuring out on your own. And that's what makes you look at other people. And especially when people have kids older, you see them planning. Them planning to have kids. And it makes you go, oh, that's why they need a plan. It is not simple. It's not as simple as just having a child and then everything just happens. When you don't have the income, you go through a whole nother level of difficulty. Um that it takes when raising a child. And when I look now, um, we've had definitely had some struggles in between because as I got older, I ended up getting married, having more kids, divorce, long line of things that happened, but um, we'll get into more detail of that probably on another podcast. But just to show the after effect that now this same child, because I chose to sacrifice a lot of the things that I had thought about for myself, this child now is soon to graduate high school. He's been accepted into one of the colleges of his choice. And he'll soon go there in August on pretty much a full scholarship. That doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. It requires lots of work, lots of effort, lots of commitment as a parent. And sometimes as a teenager, you don't understand that. And so I'm going to let Tia um, hop on and do, you know, talk about her stories. And I just want you guys to be able to um, know that this is an open subject and feel free to reach out to us if you need any uh, questions answered, looking for a little encouragement, for some guidance. This is a subject that's not just a subject to us. This is our livelihood. We've lived it. And so this is one of the, uh, a passion spot for me that I love being of assistance to especially encourage young mothers to know that yeah you can start in one spot but don't ever yeah don't get stuck there and don't think that that has to be your ending spot i've done amazing things that i sometimes you know get down on myself but i'm like no i have to remind myself to be grateful because even though i do have a teenage son that i had at 18 i'm also a homeowner i'm also a college graduate i've also been on my job for 16 plus years so there's Many things to be grateful for, but I'm going to let Tia take the floor, and then we got more things to come in this conversation. Yeah, so um, just going ahead, piggybacking off of the teen mother aspect of life. Um, me, personally, I got pregnant when I was 15 years old. Um, very devastating for myself because I never thought that I would put myself in that type of a position, and I had to live through that. You know, So once I got the news that I was pregnant, it was by accident. By the way, I went because I was supposed to be lending some support to a friend back then, 
And then she was like, oh, won't you take one? I was like, I don't need one. And lo and behold, she's not pregnant, but Tia is. So now Tia had to figure out what you doing. Are we thinking abortion? Are we thinking you're going to keep the baby? Or, 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 or what is it, right? So I called one person. I won't put that person on blast. This person know who they are. I called that one person to get guidance. And I was just like, you know, what should I do? And that person was like, well, are you going to go get an abortion? Or are you keeping it? And I said... I think I'm going to keep it. I'm scared to get an abortion because I really, you know, I don't really know what's going on right now. That person went straight to my mom and told my mom that I was pregnant. Never said nothing to me. You know, to this day, not into me saying it. Do I, I didn't even realize how much that kind of hurt my feelings that this person didn't even come to me and say, hey, well, this is what I think you need to do. They went straight to my mom and told my mom that I was pregnant. So now I had to face the music. So 15, you pregnant. The look on my mom's face was a total... It wasn't it wasn't disgust. It was more so disappointment, you know. So she looked at me and said, so what are you going to do? Are you getting an abortion or are you going to keep the baby? She said, I told her, I said, you know, I'm kind of scared. I don't know what to do. I think I'm going to keep it. So she said, well, if you're going to keep the baby, know that that's your baby. I'm not about to sit up here. I'm not, I already raised my kids. I'm not about to raise no other. So that's kind of how my motherhood started out. So throughout my pregnancy, I was going through a whole lot of stuff. You know, being a child and being pregnant, your emotions are already all over the place. So I was hiding my pregnancy from my family. Like, even though my mom knew, I didn't want my grandmother to know. I didn't want my auntie to know. I didn't want my cousins to know because I was embarrassed, you know, because I always was looked at as the good kid, the kid that don't do nothing. You know, Tia is the quiet one. And I wound up putting myself in a messed up position. So once I you know, start showing, that's when people was just like, oh, you know, you pregnant. And then, I, you know, I kind of had to live through that. But I was legit miserable throughout my pregnancy, like having to go through, having to get, I had to change schools because the school that I was going at, at the, at the current time, you know, didn't allow you to be pregnant. It didn't allow for pregnant teens to be there. So I wound up having to change schools, which was heartbreaking because before I was pregnant, I was going into a program through that school, which allowed you because in my in my career path, I always wanted to be a doctor. So when I when I couldn't um, go to the school anymore, it took me out the program, which the program was basically you going to shadow doctors at Alta Bates Hospital, and they had a sister relationship to um, Cal State Berkeley. So if you successfully you know completed this program, you can go into they will you know kind of route you into Cal State Berkeley so once I got pregnant I had to switch schools I had basically got taken out that program so I had to figure out other alternatives so just kind of going through that part you know miserable during my pregnancy the child father that I was with at the time was kind of living out his teenage years so he was doing things that wasn't really cool and I was just going through it like the whole pregnancy so once I had my daughter I didn't like the feeling of um being dependent on people um, because they treat you any kind of way when people feel like you depend on them. So I wind up going ahead, moving my way, because me and my kid's father kind of stayed close to one another. And because I knew that was one of the reasons why I was going through so much stuff emotionally, I chose to take myself out that position. I took myself and I moved to my grandmother's house and went and got a job. So like Rose said, you know, I went and got a job at Sears. That's kind of where we met. Yeah, we met. She was mean, but I'm going to let her finish. No, I was finish. not. No, I'm going to let wasn't. her finish. I didn't go and get gangster with her. 
Yeah, I was successfully putting back my go backs and I got approached. Uh-uh. <laughs> but, uh-uh. but yeah, so you know, like living through that part, like me personally, everything wasn't always paved out for me. And when I had my daughter, because my mom was so adamant on, you had the kid, you need to take care of her. Even though she would help me with watching her every now and again, but I had to pay. <laughs> you know, like it wasn't free. Mm, nope. <laughs> so you definitely had to pay. <laughs> you know, and then you know, trying to move out when I was eighteen, that rent was my rent was eleven forty five, eleven forty five, and I was barely close. I was barely making eight hundred dollars a month, but because I was with, you know, my kid's father at the time, he was paying majority of the rent. But then we kind of clashed. Some things happened. He wound up leaving. And I was stuck with the rent. I wound up having to go back and move in with my mom because I couldn't afford it. So, I've been on one of the most emotional roller coasters in my, my, my parenthood. You know, like, I never really got it early on. You know, because I still kind of blamed everybody else for my downfalls. Like, you know, it was always somebody's fault why I, I didn't have a babysitter. It was always somebody's fault why I didn't have money in my pocket. It was always somebody's fault why I didn't have something it got to the point where I stopped you know like I kind of was I was getting stuck all the time so then I wound up deciding I wanted to move to Florida I wanted to be near my father so I even tried moving so I moved away to try to get a fresh start and I think I was when I first moved to Florida I had to be what 20 I think I was 21 20 maybe 20 going on 21 something like that but that was short-lived because once I got out there, I think I was working and I was only getting paid $6.75 an hour out there. And that was devastating. So, you know, being out there for a few months, I wound up leaving and coming back. But, you know, just to the point where I had to be realistic with myself, you know, are you going to get yourself situated? Are you going to get yourself together? Because nobody is going to help you. You know, people sit there and they'll tell you that they're going to help you. But when it's time to lend that hand, it has conditions. And are you ready to, to live by those conditions? Because everything ain't free. People can sit there and say they're going to help you out. And then the second they help you out, the second that you do something they don't like or the second that you don't do something they want you to do, everybody and their mama going to know how many times they watched your kid for you. Everybody and their mama going to know how many times they had to give you some money so you can feed your kids. So now I had to come to the realization that it's time for me to really start being responsible with my time, being responsible with my life because I have a kid that's dependent on me to make sure we make it. So we went through a whole lot. You know, thank the Lord I never had to go on public assistance. You know, I've gotten close, but <laughs> I've never had to go on that, you know. So I kind of live my life heck of vicariously with that in the aspects of what I wanted to do with myself. I always had something that I was trying to get myself into, but never really had nothing concrete. So I wind up putting in for a job, a government job. I'm, I won't say where it is but a government job and I've been there since 2008 so I'm 10 years in and I just now really start working on my finances to make sure that I'm providing a stable um I guess like a stable platform for me and my daughter and it's getting to the point where now I'm seeing the fruits of it but the struggle to get to where I'm at today is what is make it that's this is what's forming me into the woman that I am because 
I would have never really tripped that at 35, I would be having to deal with some of the things that I'm dealing with raising a teenager. And I think that's one of the things that we don't think about when you have kids young, they you become young adults. adults. Yes. <laughs> they become while young you, adults. While you have way young you adults. You, yeah. you know, you just got into that, that adult age, you know, so it's kind of to the point where me and my daughter were so close in age. Once she got to 10, 11, we was we were so close. We were, we were, you know, we were only 16 years apart. So me and her relationship has been almost like I've been raising my little sister, you know? And sometimes as a, as a, as a teen mom, you got to be careful from getting stuck in that aspect. Cause even though early on, you know, it was mother daughter, but as she started getting older, having her own mind, the arguments and the, the the fussing it becomes like arguing with your little sister and, it, and that's not that's not where you want to go you know you you still want to stake the claim of, of motherhood you still want to stake the claim of a, a of an authority figure but sometimes it's hard when you have a child that is so close in age with you so that's kind of my struggle right now is trying to find a happy ground because if you'd have told me 18 years ago that I'll be going through the things that I'm going through, I'd have told you you're lying because I always thought that, you know, once my kid get of age, oh, we're going to be good. We're going to be hanging out. She'll be old enough. We could go on vacation. And that's not always what it is, you know. And I think that's one of the reasons why I only have one child, though, because I went through so much, you know, carrying her and um, watching the relationships that I had around my pregnancies fade away and how people are. It got me to the point where I don't really trust a lot. You know, it's hard for me to trust people because I don't never want to be put in that position again. Because teenage Tia cried about it and cried her eyes out day in, day out. You know, always was an emotional wreck. But 35-year-old Tia will catch a case. <laughs> so, you know what? That, we, this is, no, that was perfect. Because catch a case... It goes right into our next topic of love after 30. Man. So after yeah, after hearing the, the stories we've had from when we was a teenager being the mom, so now we got these grown kids, and you kind of like in the, we both are like in the space of trying to find love again. And it's challenging. I'm, Tia says she's 35, I'm 37, and I have two other kids. So I've since, after my teenage son i also have a set of twins who are 15 like i said earlier i'm divorced been divorced for about eight years now yeah been about eight years now and love after 30 is um it's challenging so tia i'll pose a question to you first i know you just got to talking but since i had time to think (laughs) so what has been for you in conjunction with raising a teenage child, what has been for you one of the most challenging um, things when it comes to even trying to date, let alone find love, but to even date people to find a prospect? Right. Um, me personally, my biggest um, setback for myself is trust. Trusting people. Trusting people's intentions. And because I was going through such a rocky patch when I went through my daughter's terrible phase in her teenage years and having to look in the mirror and see that I was some of the cause of why she was acting the way she was acting, I had to kind of focus in on myself. I kind of went through the the notion like if I was dating, 
do I really want to put somebody in the middle of a situation that is already kind of um, challenged? It's challenging. Yeah. So it's like, you know, because you because the second that somebody look at you and be like, you gonna let her say this, or you gonna let her do that, or you ain't gonna do it. I didn't. I was already fighting my emotions with my family and my and my and my kids. I didn't want to put some somebody else in there. So that was one of my biggest. That was one challenge. You know, when I was going through the funk, my biggest challenge now is just trusting people's intentions, um, because people can sit there and they say one thing and then their actions say something totally different. And I am so gun haul not wasting my time. So it's very easy for me to be like, I'm good. Don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, don't talk to me anymore because I'm, I know I can I can read BS from a mile away. So it's like I'm not about to sit here and yes, waste B-O. my time. Any other bees? Right. <laughs> All of the above. So you know, I, I didn't want. I don't want to. You know, I think that for uh, for the most part, that's a it's a double edged sword though, because I cut people off so quick. Sometimes don't know. people don't show you their true self in the beginning because they're they're still trying to learn you. And I don't give people enough time. You well, know, you know that's self-acknowledgement. And that's a big thing that a lot of people don't do. They don't do. The book that I'm reading, mm-hmm. um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F-U-C-K, Giving a Fuck. <laughs> Y'all thought I was going to say it. I thought we was going to be They thought, they thought I was going to say it. <laughs> no, I know, but. I know it's Sunday. But, <laughs> but um, no, seriously, like that is that book touches on that that people not accepting you know what they're doing wrong right they they everybody wants to be encouraging and and say that i'm great at this i can be great out i am great you do all this pumping up right but then when you fall short you can't just say i fell short right so to say that because it's going to be somebody else's fault why you <laughs> fell short but sometimes you do have to t- entitlement put the, put the mirror up mm-hmm. look at yourself in the mirror because everybody it's not always everyone else's fault sometimes it could be you but i think the biggest the biggest setback for me right now is that i've been single for so long that's a good thing and it's a good it's a bad thing the good part about it is that i enjoy being by myself i enjoy my own company and i am a big i'm a big supporter of people learning how to love themselves because if you don't know how to love yourself you cannot expect for someone else to love you because you're not even showing yourself your true self, so I kind of that that's one of the, the things that I kind of um, I struggle with. But the other side of that double-edged sword is the fact that I don't know how to. I don't. Let's see. How, what's a good way of saying it? Um, the dating scene has changed so much. Don't I know think, how to like actually get out, there. get out there. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, you don't know if it's it is, if it is. This is like, talking about dating. The norm is this just like a lot of stuff is just straight to sex, right? And that's like thing people that, don't even have the date conversation. It's like you, I just want sex. What? Wait a what, minute. Huh? Yeah. If you're okay with saying this, ladies? Can I can I get a, a witness? Because is this this is how you guys having conversations now, huh? You know, and it'd be like I hate the term. Well, you know, we both grown. What does that mean? Because we grown, that mean I could just drop my panties for people I don't know. Come on, man, we gotta we gotta do a little bit better. And I think for me, because I, I've I, I've been single for so long, I look at 
all my friends around me who have been in relationships or who are currently in relationships. And I'd be like, sometimes, you know, you want to put yourself in and give advice. But then sometimes me personally, I take the more silent approach and don't really say much because I feel like I may come across as judgmental because I'm giving my opinion and sometimes people don't want your opinion they just want an ear to talk to so i'm kind of learning that but as far as dating it's definitely scary because men and women it's not just men but i can only speak for from a woman's point of point of view but it seems like men don't really want after 30 it seems like you would think that men would be in the, the settling down phase men after 30 kind of still wants to live a young man's life it's like are we are we thinking about futures are we thinking about and then as a woman you don't want to really say it because you don't want people to think that you're pushing it yeah but i mean a girl is only going i can count i'm only getting older <laughs> i ain't getting no younger i just need to know what your intentions are in the beginning so i can know whether or not we need to cut this short or if it's something i want to invest my time in so that's my my challenges. <laughs> There's a lot of challenges, but that I'm working. Challenge. Through. <laughs> I'm working through it. <laughs> so what's some of yours? Ooh wee. Ah, oh sheesh. <laughs> I got all. I start clicking on my pen. I got all antsy and emotional. This stuff causes anxiety. <laughs> um, geez, uh, dating challenges for me. Uh, yeah. So, um, first off, since I have three kids, that that's a challenge. So go back to what we said about having children young. If you don't end up with the father for the rest yeah. of your life, now you carry that. Yep. So having three kids is a challenge when you're trying to date because it you can't just bring anyone around. So sometimes dating requires halfway secrecy. Yeah, because you have to vet uh, these people yep. before they can even see your kids, or you don't you don't even lead with saying you got kids. For me, I do. I always you, lead. I know they say you, you shouldn't, better. but you but I, I I do not have no intentions of hiding my children, and nobody. It don't matter if I told you I got them or not. If I ain't interested in you, I won't be interested. Like I have a child, <laughs> and I'm looking for a, a male companion. I'm not looking for a daddy. So oh. Just because what she going down the one way. <laughs> and, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, what happened? <laughs> so, so that's 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 a first challenge. Now, that's not a really big challenge to me because those are my kids and that's a part of me. But at the same time, when trying to find a mate, it is a challenge because now you have to, like I said, not only vet somebody for yourself, but you have to make sure that they are presentable to your children's life. And exactly. like like Tia said, not looking for a daddy, but if you have to be present in their life, you therefore have to exude the same things that I'm exuding. Yeah. I'm not going to bring somebody around who ain't working, who ain't got their stuff together. Can't be a bum. Yeah, to then be some type of role model that my children see. Whether you are sent there to be a role model or not, they see you, they see your presence, therefore yep. you are being a role model. And unfortunately, when you date people who have kids, if you want to be serious about dating people, and that's man or woman, if you want to be serious about dating people who have kids, you have to know that you're going to be potentially a part of this child's life. So you do have to make sure that they exude the same things that you exuded, if not better. Yeah. So that's that's 
challenge number one. Challenge number two, um, once again, stemming back from having children early and just early childhood things that went on, I will spend a lot of time looking for people to make a small portion of me happy because what I learned to do with children is that I never married the two together. So even though I just said that's one of the challenges, I just figure I'll skip that part and never <laughs> bring the two worlds together. So I would find that I can find somebody that makes me happy. So in my time away from my children, they can make me happy. But I've learned over time that that doesn't work either. It right. doesn't work to have somebody make one portion of your life happy because if the majority is with my children, yep. I therefore now having somebody that's just basically clogging up the space that I have that's free. And when I allow somebody to do that, I actually end up cutting out things that I enjoy to make space for this person instead of marrying them into the whole life. Not getting married with ring, but just... <laughs> oh my God. We... I, okay, I have to say... <laughs> We're filming outside today. We're enjoying the sun. And we're by the lake. And when I tell you, the funniest mess is going on out here. So I'm talking about something serious, but it's a bunch of funny. In particular, <laughs> this dog is refusing to walk. And so the owner is just dragging him by his leg. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to, back to where we were. Said it's time to play. Girl, he was like, no. <laughs> trying to separate the two were not like that doesn't work so now um i'm learning to not make that a challenge mm -hmm. by first off like i said earlier being able to accept the things that i put in the way myself of trying to find a relationship putting in the way by saying that i'm not allowing them to even get to a point where i'm going to try to put them in a full relationship and let them meet my kids at some point that's something that I create. The person doesn't create that. And if I allow them to be good enough to give me time away, then they might be good enough to meet my kids. Right. But if I don't allow that, that's a challenge that I, a barrier that I have now created. My daughter be clowning. So that's, that's a challenge in itself too. But yeah. I'm saying, but it's, a, but you, you, <laughs> you have to create that barrier. And like my kids have met a few people that I have dated. I actually have one guy who, I dated many years ago at this point, it's like 10 years ago, I met him uh, like maybe a year or so after me and my, um, after my divorce. Um, I mean, before our divorce, but after me and my husband split. And we dated for about six months. I was about met, to say, clean that up, bro. I cleaned it up, I got you know, it, I got it. come back for the alimony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, he, he met my kids in that time. And still to this day, he's like extremely close with my kids. So no matter who I've dated since, he hasn't altered the way him and my kids interact. And whoever comes along would have to respect that. Because me and him are not in a relationship. Many years have passed. But he made a relationship with my children that actually I truly appreciate. That no matter me and him not working, he didn't say, okay, well, I ain't messing with them no more. And still, right. like I said, he's there supportive always sending positive messages blah 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 but that was somebody who early on i did allow to kind of step further into the relationship but after that not working mm -hmm. i won't lie to say 
no matter how great our friendship remains, that that kind of made me go, I can't be introducing people to my kids. Yes, because that could be tricky because they form a relationship. And what if you really don't like this person? I said it's a no. We don't talk to this person anymore. No be, no be accepting no phone calls, no text messages. And then now you're putting your kid in this old messy bar and stuff. But then sometimes it works. Yeah. You know, sometimes and that's why works. I said our friendship works. The relationship with the kids, that's all still grand. But it definitely gave me some things to think about. Like, cause like I said, that was fresh after separating from a person I was with for 14 years. Right. So 14 years, a free about a year and a half. Then I met this person. Right. Six months with that person made me go, oh. You know, I need to take a little bit more time to figure out how me I went too fast. Yeah, me and this Bump person react because yeah, it's great for my kids, but now me and them, I mean, not that we're not cool, but we're right. not in a relationship no more. So right. then it leaves me still not in a relationship, still not being revealed, but hell, now my kid got a buddy for life. <laughs> and right. I do too. I'm being halfway funny about that. But I, I do too. But at the same time, like I said, I don't have, I'm, I'm not married again. I'm not in a relationship. So that's something that has been um, a challenge to me. And in being a challenge, I've learned that um, working on me will only make that better. That's some of the best work you can. Yeah, working, working on yourself, like not finding the flaws in what people do. Mm-hmm. But being better about understanding what your flaw is and then not allowing anybody to come in and kind of alter what you've already figured out. Yep. Like, I know that I'm not good, and this is just an example. Let's just say I know that I don't do good when I give up my my favorite things to be with a mate. So if I have a mate, and let's say, which I do, I love to dance, I love to exercise. So let's say some guy comes along, and I've learned this. I've learned this about myself. I need my personal things in order. So let's say some guy comes along and they don't like that I like to dance. They say my dancing is too sexy. And they say I go to the gym too much. Well, guess what? I know now that ain't the guy. Right. The old roles would have been like, okay, well, what, what can we do together to now take away from that? Right. Accommodate. Yeah, accommodate and change. But then at the end of the day, when that relationship doesn't work out, guess who's left at ground zero? With a pooch. <laughs> got the mommy pooch. You got a pooch. <laughs> you got some pounds. You drag a little extra. Yeah, you, you, got, you got a whole bunch of other things that you end up picking up because you've given up or I've given up those things that I knew made me happy. And I did work to find out that I needed those things. So right. to go through all that work and to let somebody come in and now remove those things would not be productive to me. But now... Like I said, working on that myself, working on myself and going through all the previous relationships and challenges that have come up, I understand that whoever comes along, I need those things. Right. And you have to figure out your place in my life with those things in place. Right. I mean, if you if you found things that make you happy, you found you went through the process and you vetted it yourself. So if it makes you happy and it's not something that is harmful to a relationship you shouldn't have to give it up you should not have to give up some of your personal likes to accommodate for someone else because that can also be a sign of insecurities and do you really want to be with somebody who wants to have those insecurities 
and have those challenges champion champion as always feel free to drop us an email at hoodqueensquared at gmail.com that's hood h-o-o-d queen q-u-e-e-n squared s-q-u-a-r-e-d at gmail.com yes or you can also hit up hit us up on our social media platforms we're on facebook and instagram under hood queens i think on facebook we're hood queens Mm-hmm. And then on Instagram is Hood Queen Squared. So please feel free if you have any comments on today's um, episode, any feedback, any topics that you want to hear us talk about. We are open for suggestions. Um, so yeah, please get at us. Yeah, listen in, and we can't wait to uh, get you Fat Cat Combo Wednesday. Fat Cat Combo is gonna be a little spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Hood Queen Squares is out. Out. <laughs>